principos. Welcome to Art Book Club and welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott. This is Visual Nomad. And today we are talking about the artist's way. Wow, that was such a good intro. Sometimes it takes me like three or four times to get the intro right. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, my name is Scott Stephanie. No, my name is... Uh... <laughs> You're a professional now. I'm a professional now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're doing Art Book Club and today we're reading The Artist's Way. Uh, the Artist Way is a book that came out uh, well over 30 years ago. I'm going to... Mm. How many years ago are we talking? We're talking... Let's see. 92. 1992, I think, is okay. the earliest copyright in my book. And this book, its tagline is A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity, which I like. Um, this book is different than I thought it was going to be. Like, I knew... It had like weekly assignments, but I didn't really look into it until I'd picked the book last time. Actually, last time on the podcast where I was like, oh, wait, week 12, week 13, no, week 12. That's a lot of weeks. So Nomad and I have decided to break up this book over the course of two and a half months. We're going to read read weeks one through four for this month. For next month, we're going to re- read weeks five through nine, and then we will wrap up the ending of the book plus maybe read an essay two months from now. So we'll, we'll get there. But for mm-hmm. now, we are we are up to our eyeballs in the artist's way. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we're, we're discovering our creative self here. Not that mm-hmm. you and I have problems being creative <laughs> that I know of. Right. <laughs> you and I are like highly creative people. But mm-hmm. this book has been, it's been interesting. It's been fun. I'm reading the 25th anniversary edition Jen, what what edition are you reading? I am not sure because I downloaded it, so oh. I'm not sure which edition I have. Probably the most recent then. Um, mm, probably. Maybe my I have a couple of other people who are excuse me <laughs> I have a couple of other people who are reading this book with us, and one of my friends was like, "Do I read?" The one for artists? Do I read the one for couples? Do I read the one? I was like, oh, there's many versions apparently that I didn't even look into before. And there's also a workbook. We're just reading the main book here. So if you are interested in doing this also and you're like, this is cool, just note that there's many editions out there. This is a very popular book. I got mine from the thrift store for $8 and you, you can find them anywhere. I was like, should I call the thrift store to see if they have it? I'm like, no, I know they're going to have it because this book is endless. And they had like four copies, and I was like, "Perfect, easy, <laughs> amazing." Um, first things first. Uh, Nomad and I have both read up to chapter four. We have not read beyond that. So, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you've already read Artist Way, and you're like, "Oh, just wait till they get to chapter five. No spoilers, please." Um, we because we haven't read farther than that. How this book works is it has a short introduction. Oh, hi, Wendy. (laughs) And it goes through kind of why Julie Cameron came up with this book, um, how she got into teaching about creativity, and then she teaches you the basic principles of the book, plus the weekly activities. There's some really fun quotes in this book, um, but before I get into quotes and like what we thought overall, there's also something I want to talk about, which is the... The idea of God in this book. So she she mm. speaks in the very beginning about how when she talks about 
the creative spirit, she'll reference it as God. And if you are someone who doesn't believe in a singular God or whatever that is, you can replace that with, you know, the universe, with flow, with the creative spirit, with whatever you want to replace it with, and it'll still be a strong enough idea in mind for, for you. I personally am not religious, but I, I, I appreciate the idea of a, uh, I don't know, a, a creative force that like manifests things for me if I give it opportunities mm -hmm. to do so. And that's how I've been approaching this book. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm an atheist, so, um, I had moments with this book mm -hmm. and, um, I, I think, like you said, the basic premise of it, um, is great. I mean, it's, it's a lot of processing through past things to help you, um, get unblocked, uh, help you get past the fear that you may have and being creative because, you know, somebody told you that, you know, if you're creative, you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself or whatever. Um, Rude. and, uh, I, I think she does a really good job of giving you some tools that are super basic. Um, but when you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, if I get that out, that voice isn't so loud anymore. Yeah. Um, and I can see where I'm hung up so I can work on those things. So, um, yeah, I, I thought aside from the religious overtones that are very heavy in this book, um, uh, I think that it could be fine without that too. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's a solid book. So, yeah, I, I agree. Whenever I was reading it, I definitely replaced God with flow or like creative force. Um, and that's it's it's pretty easy just to switch it out in your brain when you're when you're reading this. So if you are kind mm -hmm. of like if that's making you standoffish towards this book, I, I think you mm -hmm. can easily change that out in your brain um, and still get a lot from it. So that's that. Um should we should we talk about how to use this book? So Nomad didn't do part of the like weekly assignments, but I did the full weekly assignments. So our perspectives here are going to change based on what we did and didn't do. There's a lot of activities mm -hmm. to do each week um, from this book, and you're actually not encouraged to do all of them. So um, mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we picked and chose based on what we could realistically do during those weeks. But mm -hmm. first... I think we should read out the basic principles of this book. So, so I'm going to read those for you. On page uh, <laughs> three of this book, she writes out the basic principles. And these are kind of like the things you should think about when you're going through this book and how you should approach creativity while you're on your creative recovery. Because when you're the kind of person who picks up this book, you're probably feeling like you're blocked somewhere in your creativity. And even if you're feeling great about your creativity, like I was four weeks ago, um, you're still you're still going to get a lot. So here are the basic principles. Number one, there's only 10. Creative Creativity is a natural order of life. Life is energy, pure creative energy. Number two, there is an underlying indwelling creative force infusing 
all of life, including ourselves. Number three, when we open ourselves to creativity, we open ourselves to the creator's creativity within us and within our lives. Number four, we are ourselves creations. And we, in turn, are meant to continue creativity by being creative ourselves. Five, creativity is the universe's gift to us. Using our creativity is our gift back to the universe. Number six, the refusal to be creative is self-will and counter to our true nature. Number seven, when we open ourselves to exploring our creativity, we open our spells, we open ourselves to the universe and good orderly direction. Number eight, as we open our creative channel to the creator, many gentle but powerful changes are to be expected. Number nine, it is safe to open ourselves up to create, sorry, one more time. <laughs> Number nine, it is safe to open up, open ourselves up to greater and greater creativity. And 10, our creative dreams and yearnings come from a divine source. As we move towards our dreams, we move towards our own divinity and like your own creative power or something like that. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I, I like that she has a basic principles at the beginning of this. I like that she is like, you need to set your intention that your creativity is something to be honored and it's something to be mm. really to allow yourself to have in your life. I, I definitely know a lot of people who have the feeling, oh, I'm not creative. I can't draw. I can't do this or can't do that. And it's it's definitely self-imposed. And I, I feel that whenever I talk to someone who's like that. But in the principles, it's like it's safe to be creative. It's encouraged. In fact, you must do it <laughs> because you're being called mm-hmm. to, you know, from yourself and from within. I don't know. What do you think about the basic principles? Um, I think they're good. I mean, I think... Um... Again, it goes back to that uh, working through things that um, are keeping you from um, truly being you, you know, whatever baggage that might be. Um, And I think as you go through this, you see some of the things, at least for me, I saw some of the things that I was telling myself um, that I didn't even realize I was telling myself, Mm -hmm. um, which is massive um yeah just uh I I think it's good to sit down with that sit down with yourself and try to figure that out I think she does a good job of like walking you through that process Mm -hmm. this book the we're gonna get into the weeks one through four in a second here but this book is definitely gentle in its guidance it's not gonna like hit you over the head and make sudden changes it definitely eases you into the changes that you need to make in order to be more creative which is nice (laughs) and you can always redo a week if you're like i feel like i didn't get something yet um Mm -hmm. on page four of this book i mean she just goes right into it she's like this is how you're going to use the book so in this book you have weekly tasks you have daily tasks and then you have extras and in these extras, they change every single week, so it's important that you don't read ahead. But essentially, she tells you right from the get-go to set a weekly schedule. Like, set when are you going to do the morning pages, when are you going to do the artist dates, and I'll go into that later, and when are you going to do the extra tasks, plus when are you going to check in on how the week went. Mm-hmm. 
And I, from like the very beginning, I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of a time intensive book. So it's, mm-hmm. I probably spend about 30 minutes to an hour each day on the artist way and on, on all the tasks. So if you're going to do this, I would definitely like block off time so you can do it. Otherwise it'll slip yeah. away from you. Um, each week you get assigned tasks and these tasks will be like from seven to 12 different items. You're not encouraged to do all of them. You're encouraged to pick ones that you're really attracted to and ones that you're really repulsed by. If there's any that you're kind of neutral about, just don't do those. Do the ones that are like <laughs> really inviting where you're, they're like exciting. And that sounds like fun. And then the ones that you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do that. You should do those ones <laughs> because that's, that's what's going to reveal to you <laughs> what is the problem around your creativity And, um, Mm -hmm. I was definitely confronted a couple of times and I can't wait to talk about those times. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Um, there's also this line on page five that I really liked that was, that just says there's, there's no such thing as being done with an artistic life. So you can, you can do the artist way. And if you need to stop halfway through and come back to it, you can, but your creativity is an ongoing thing that happens every day. And you're going to learn the different Mm -hmm. ways of how that kind of shows up in your life throughout the program. Um, At the beginning, she also goes through the basic tools. So I'm going to go through them now. I did the most I could from this book (laughs) because I had the time to and I had the will to, so here we are. Um, And the first thing (laughs) that I did that uh, Visual Nomad said she didn't do was the morning pages. The morning pages are probably the most time-intensive item from these list of things to do. What they are is that you get yourself your notebook and your sketchbook or whatever it is, and you write out handwritten three pages every single day, which sounds like a lot. It took me about half an hour each day, and I finished up one sketchbook, and I started my next sketchbook because I suddenly had this book that I started in 2021, and then I blinked and oh, half of it's just July and June, (laughs) just writing and writing and writing. I liked to get fun stickers for my book and for everything. And I got, you know, my to-do list. And then I also wrote out all my individual tasks in there. I, it's been four weeks. I feel like I'm now in the habit of writing every day where I like, I wake up, you know, I eat my breakfast, I get my tea, and then I come to the studio and I just start handwriting. Um, I was talking to Luke about this and he said I would never be able to do that because writing with my hand actually gives me like achy hands. And I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. So if you are like handwriting like hurts, type it, like do what you got to do to like get the writing done. But that's what the morning pages are. They're, they're interesting. It's like, they're basically stream of consciousness and you write and you write your ideas out and you write what's going on. And then at some point, usually around the second week, at least for me, it was in the second week where I was writing about what happened the day before. And then I had, you know, two and a half pages left and I didn't know what to write. So I just kept writing words. I was like, and then, and then, and then like handwriting that out until an idea came along. But at some point, the well of nonsense kind of dries up. And that's when I think the work begins, where it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. You're encouraged not to read back the previous mm-hmm. weeks until week eight. 
So, you know, I'm kind of breaking the rules here with the podcast because I will kind of go through my previous weeks and kind of tell you the trends I saw, but it's just for you. Nobody else is going to read them. You're not supposed to share them with anyone. And they're just like, get it out of your brain and onto paper, which I don't know. Have you ever had experiences with journaling like that in the past? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like it. I feel like it keeps my brain organized. But getting it on the yeah. page is her like main thing here. Um, did you do the artist dates? I did not. You did not do the artist dates. That's okay. <laughs> you read the book and that's what matters. <laughs> so the artist date is the next weekly tool. So you do the morning pages every single day. And then once a week, you do an artist date. And an artist date is where you have two hours by yourself to do something that feeds your creativity. And my resistance to scheduling an artist date was really high at first. For the first two weeks, I was like, oh, I'll do an artist date. And then I kept, like, the time would come up where I was going to do my artist date. And I kept just pushing it back and pushing it back until it was, like, <laughs> the next week. And then I was like oh, I didn't do an artist date because I kept procrastinating it because it wasn't important to me to do it. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's wild because the artist date that I'd planned, y'all know I like tarot cards. I was like, I'm going to go to a park with my tarot cards and do like some fun readings. I've got a guidebook to help me and things like that. And let, like, I love doing that. That's the same thing I love. But I kept thinking this wasn't important. I had other things to do mm. that took priority. And I didn't, I didn't do it for the first two weeks. But after right. that, when I did one, the rush of happiness that came to my brain afterwards was next level. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. Nomad, what is your favorite thing to do to feed your creativity? Hmm. One of the things that I've done over the years is I do like photography adventures. So I'll mm -hmm. find a place like, um, like a garden or a hike or whatever, um, just out and about to, uh, take photos of, you know, architecture or whatever. It's um, a great one. And sometimes I drag people along, but like in this instance, I wouldn't, I would go by myself because you're supposed to just do it alone. So. I think doing the artist date with your artist, like a lot of the times Julia will reference your artist as something outside of yourself. So you go on a date with your artist mm -hmm. instead of like going on a date with yourself, <laughs> which is an interesting distinction to make. But I think <laughs> being alone is really uncomfortable for some people. And it can be it can be challenging, especially when a lot of the artist date ideas that you might come up with are things that you're like, oh, I want to do this with my boyfriend or my partner or my best friend or like whoever. You're like, this would be a fun thing to do with someone else. But like doing it alone, you you are forced to confront your own thoughts. And that's mm -hmm. fun. We love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> On page 23. This is still in the basics tools. She makes you sign a contract with yourself. And in the contract, it says, I am understanding that I'm undertaking an intensive, you know, guided encounter about my own creativity. Then you have to like print and sign your name. And I, I did that. That was fun. And um, <laughs> it also says you need to commit yourself to excellent self-care. You're getting sleep. You're getting diets, right? You're getting your exercise. You're getting your medications, blah, blah, blah. And so 
you sign it and you're like, I'm committing to that for the next 12 weeks. I, I kind of like that she has you like write in the book to like commit yourself to it. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about week one? Let's do it. Yeah. Did you have any like quotes or anything that you pulled from the book that you wanted to read? Uh, not that I have off the top of my head. Yeah, no problem. I kept a pink pen with me when I read, so every once in a while I would underline something. <laughs> and I know that sometimes you have quotes, you know, um, but don't worry. I have, I have so many. Um, week one is called Recovering a Sense of Safety. I... We kind of talked about this already, but like the feeling of if I do something creative, I will lose my sense of self or I will lose a sense of safety or people will make fun of me or things like that. And, you know, you're, this week's about protecting the, the artist child within and mm-hmm. kind of judging your yourself for judging yourself, right? <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> oh, are you abusing your inner artist? Maybe we you know, instead of trying to look good with your art, you just try to get better with your art. And maybe that's what we try to do this week. And I feel like that's the, one of the main cores of week one. It was that and adding to it was affirmations. Do you say affirmations mm-hmm. to yourself? Um, I, I went through and, and wrote some of those things down mm-hmm. for sure. But um, yeah, I think, you know, as I go through time, um, there are moments where I, you know, I question what I'm doing. I think everybody has that moment Mm -hmm. and you have to have those guideposts or those moments to go back on and go, no, this happened. This was just as real as this is. Yeah. And it's contradictory to this. Mm -hmm. So don't get stuck over here because this is right now in the long run this is what it looks like you know um yeah in the first week of the artist pages she will ask you to after you've sorry she'll ask you whenever you are writing your your artist page if you come up with something a thought that comes onto the page where it's negative or self-abusive or um, self-detrimental or whatever it is to immediately write an affirmation countering that and mm-hmm. to like actively keep writing affirmations whenever you are talking about something that's you know stresses you out or you struggle with and mm-hmm. so some of them I came up with were uh, my I'm, I'm reading my affirmations not my deep dark thoughts here but <laughs> some of them I came up with was I am a brilliant and kind human and I'm an amazing artist because I was having a moment of self-doubt. Um, I have a sparkling new determination <laughs> was, was one when I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, another one was, I am fully in control of my finances. And just things like that. They were... The, the pause between me writing the negative thought and me having to come up with the affirmation was really challenging because I had to, mm. one, get out of the thought and then, two, come up with something that countered my current feeling. And that was just, it was just uncomfortable. Yeah. 
it's it's interesting and then you have to you have to say it right right so you like you write down your information mm-hmm. but you need to like say it out loud and try to kind of believe it and I actually mm-hmm. <laughs> was having such trouble with this that I was like I'm gonna make another podcast episode about this so two weeks ago I wrote affirmations for artists the podcast episode and mm-hmm. and in it I was researching ways on you know how how do you even say an affirmation and even if you don't believe it if you say it with a smile it works a lot better so if you say to yourself i am fully in control of my fan- finances uh, then you know that sounds kind of dour and down but if you're like you say it with a <laughs> smile and you're like i am fully in control of my finances like you start to believe it more right and even mm-hmm. if it feels like acting the more you say it in a way like that it's it transforms you yeah, I don't know. Have you have you done affirmation work in the past? Was this new to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, I I think it's it's so good because I know for me, the things that bother me are the little things that people say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe at the end of the sentence, you hear the whole thing, and the beginning of it's great, and then they like slide whatever in there, and for some reason that just sticks with you. Yeah. And you don't, you're like, why is it this? Like, Mm -hmm. why can't I just ignore that and take the good part of it and move on? Um, so I think in that moment, since the negative has been spoken at you, you need to speak the positive that you'd counter that. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like a weapon. Um, It's a defense and a weapon mm -hmm. at the same time. Well, and I think it's it's fully engaging. Like you're yes. engaging motor skills, your mind, your body. You know, um, yeah, it's you know, yoga does that a lot. You know, it's um, recognize where your body is at. You know, uh, what is it saying to you? That kind of thing, um, and you know, speaking to that. You know, whatever is going on. It's good. It's good. I liked the the tasks at the end of week one, and I did. I only did two of them the first week, even though you were encouraged to do as many as you could. Um, but I did. One of them is list three old enemies of your creative self worth, and then be as specific mm-hmm. as possible about what happened, and then write a letter <laughs> to, to them. Just to yourself in your notebook, but like write a letter to them being like, how dare you? And uh, this is your monster hall of fame. And my reluctance to call people out in my private journal was huge. I was like, I don't want to say even in my journal how this made me feel from an event that happened 15 or plus years ago. And Mm -hmm. it was like, I cried during it. I was like, I got, I refelt the, the anger I felt and the hurt I felt from those events and I was like I guess I am still holding on to these things and I guess I do still think about these every once in a while and yeah so you know right out of the gate it's kind of a kind of a (laughs) tough thing to do but you do it and then you're like oh okay well now I recognize that I still have that and that's I guess step one of the process did you do any Mm -hmm. of these um I, I mean, I've done things like this yeah. um, in the past. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, my childhood was not fun. And mm-hmm. 
a lot of my healing process was doing stuff like that, where you just go through and, you know, start talking about the things that, again, were said to you that weren't true mm-hmm. or were said in anger or whatever, um, and, and process through that and get yourself past that point because I think she talks about where, you know, you kind of get stuck in that moment until you face it. Yeah. And if you don't, then, you know, if you were six, you're stuck in that moment at six, you may be 35, but you're stuck at six. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, recognizing those things and, and trying to move yourself forward in time (laughs) uh, to closer to your age as you process through things. So when you have someone who yelled at you when you were six about your drawing and then you tried to create in your adult life now and you're still hung up about what they said to you when you were six, like that's <laughs> no wonder you have a block, right? Like it's no wonder that right. you aren't wanting to create for that fear. So mm-hmm. that's a casual week one. Um, other than that, they also have more lighthearted things like, uh, an imaginary lives list. If you had five other lives to lead, what would they be? And um, kind of describe what a day would be like with one of them. I chose a dancer for my description and I was like, mm. I I don't f- feel like I'm good at dancing, but like, I think it would have been fun yeah. in another life to have been good at dancing. <laughs> and so that was fun. And um, yeah, week two, week two is about recovering a sense of identity. This week addresses self-definition as a major component of creative recovery. You may find yourself drawing new boundaries and staking out new territories as your personal needs, desires, and interests announce themselves. The essays and tools aimed at moving you f- the essays and tools are aimed at moving you into your personal identity, a self-defined you. Um, this one goes into self-doubts and self-sabotage. And also about sabotage from your environment, right? From your friends to the sabotage from mm-hmm. people who might want to be creative and they see you trying to be creative. It might be, you know, sabotaging of that because that, that's real. That happens sometimes. I'm sure I've done it to somebody else on accident. And it's about protecting your artist, right? So mm-hmm. in this week, you're encouraged to keep writing your morning pages, go on another artistic date and maybe not tell anyone you're doing this, right? So sometimes a commitment for uh, a journey like this is where it's like, okay, now tell everyone you know that you're doing this, um, like I did with the podcast. But sometimes it's like, don't tell anyone. Just keep this to yourself and until you can get through it some more. I kind of liked that. Yeah. yeah it's good because I think it is. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Like. Mm-hmm as you start to uncover things like you want to share that with people that are close to you like hey man i got through this like it was a big thing for me and she's like he no like don't ever show anybody this notebook you don't uh-huh. need to look back in it the uh-huh. whole purpose of it is to just get it out mm-hmm. because it's in the way it's in the and, way uh, yeah 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 this book talks about or this chapter this week talks about uh, crazy makers and people who create chaos uh-huh. and hinder your progress. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> crazy makers. <laughs> Agents of chaos. Crazy makers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. 
they and she talks about a lot of specifics and when i was reading these i was like i have a couple of crazy makers in my life that definitely hinder my my goals every once in a while and she actually encourages you to not see them for the week and not not give them a call Mm -hmm. and not give them attention for the week and you know because crazy makers are in her definition here they're expert blamers they create drama they hate your schedules they hate your time they want your time because they discount your reality and they break deals and they destroy your schedules i they also spend your money <laughs> and you know when you go we through call this, those narcissists you know just it's another way of saying it <laughs> that's the crazy maker it's a narc it's true um and when you identify who these people are when you're trying mm-hmm. to be creative it allows you i don't know it allows you to see the chessboard that you're in around this person and to see what this relationship is doing for you, because it might be doing something for you, in fact, but to to realize where you are in that relationship and why it's helping and why it's not. And that's important for trying to get out of a creative block. Yeah. Crazy makers. Like yeah, I think, yeah. um, so on the point of crazy makers, so uh, deciding to go to college for art, Mm-hmm. Um, I was asked, what are you going to study? My knee jerk reaction was, I want to be a painter. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I said that mm-hmm. this person said, no, you'll never make enough money to take care of yourself. Go into graphic design instead. I did that. Yeah. The graphic design field has basically fallen apart from what I was taught. It's a completely different yeah. realm now. It's different. Um, so I spent a ton of money on school and ended up um, having an outdated education before I even graduated uh, because of where I went. That's which so is frustrating. frustrating. And, and you and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Those are the kind of things that happen when you let somebody that's a crazy maker, because this person was a crazy maker, Mm -hmm. you let them dictate what you know in your gut is the right thing to do. And I I find it hilarious that at 43, almost 44, I'm a painter. I knew all along that's what I wanted to be. Like, it wasn't a question. Yeah. Yeah. But I was running around trying to make everybody else happy. Uh, Until I sat down and worked through that. Thanks to COVID, I had people that encouraged me. um, And I found my way back to it. mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think I would. I thought I had, you know, put that away. And I'm glad I found it. You know, it's the happiest I've been in a long time. I mean, I still have my issues like everybody else and I work through stuff. Um, but as far as job wise, it's, it's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. So yeah, like crazy makers, like it may be hard to weed them out. Um, especially if they're family members, it's really hard to, to do that. Um, it's, even harder if they're parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh you you have to take a firm stance on that 
Um, you have to love yourself enough um, to be a little uncomfortable and tell yourself that you're worth fighting for. Like, it's okay for you to be upset about this. Your emotions are valid. And until you do that, again, you your creativity is stifled because these people are literally sucking the life out of you. They're little vampires. If you allow them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, if you ever have a question of whether or not you should do it, do it. Don't second guess it. Just do it. Make mm -hmm. it like a band-aid. Just rip it off and do it because it will be one of the best things you've ever done for yourself. The You said it's okay to be upset with them. That's a great affirmation. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be upset mm -hmm. with them. <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. something a lot of people need to hear. And I, I have heard, how are you going to make money with that as a excuse not to mm -hmm. make art so many times? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like for me personally but also i've heard it said to other people who i love as artists oh, yeah. and i'm like it's easier now to make art than it ever was before but also screw that person like what the heck yeah <laughs> yeah i'll come and beat them up okay <laughs> and i you know i think some of that is it's definitely born out of their fear not yours exactly theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah if someone says that to you just be like well that's gonna be my problem yeah yep. yeah <laughs> you don't have to worry about and, it <laughs> and just say your feeling is valid that's I, I understand that you are afraid for me you mm -hmm. want me to you know do well and be able to take care of myself and I appreciate you saying that yes yeah but this is the direction I'm heading I've chosen this I will make it work it can happen these um, are yeah yeah these are definitely some of the thoughts that come up when you do your morning pages and when you go through the artist's way and you do some of the tasks, these these feelings, these memories, because I'm sure every single artist I've ever met has had some sort of crazy maker in their life telling them not to do the art, because usually because the crazy maker also wants to be an artist is what I've found is most often, but you know, they love you and this is their way of showing that they love you. Um, or, or maybe they don't love you and this is their way of tearing you down because they feel like it yeah rude yeah um so yeah this uh this week's tasks um goes into more things about what do you love doing right it has list 20 things you enjoy doing for example rock climbing roller skating baking pies making soup making love making love again riding a bike riding a horse playing cat etc etc and then you have to like Pick two of those things that you liked from that list and maybe do them. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, and it also has you go back to affirmations and you read your, your the principles of the creativity and it, it keeps tuning you back into what is the purpose of this? Why are we doing all this work? And what are we doing here to take back our creativity? It's very fun. Um, I particularly mm -hmm. liked the life pie. There is a, you ever see one of those like spiderweb graphs? Actually, mm -hmm. I'm going to be vulnerable here and I'm going to show you. One moment. I want a new one and I want this and I want that. All right. Here's my life pie. I say, okay. Oh, it's transparent. So that's fun. Okay. I'm going to put it over my face. Okay. So, oh no. 
Don't be, <laughs> don't be transparent. Okay, hold on. One more time. We'll show you the different one. Maybe this one's not transparent. How did the, that turn into a PNG? I don't know. Is it okay? Let me try again. How about this one? Yeah. Oh, still transparent. Whatever. Okay, so <laughs> you can kind of see this. Um, basically, we have family. I have my partner, Luke, here. I have friends and play and exercise and work. And then you rate them from 1 to 10 based on that week and how you feel. I thought this one was really fun. This is She calls it your tar tarantula of, of life, your life pie. Mm -hmm. And you do this each week. And it changes each week and how you feel about those things and you just rate them very truthfully about how you're feeling and that's kind of fun to see week from week i like those did mm -hmm. you have a did you have a task that you did this week that you liked um well i did the the task um where you tell yourself that you are uh you know a painter whatever you're creative Mm -hmm. mode is and then you like I wrote down after that the things that came to mind mm -hmm. that blocked me or things that people have said to me and work through that because each time you say it more things come up different things come up yes and you're supposed to do it like nine times or something like that ten mm -hmm. times and so uh, it takes a minute because at the end, you know, you start to run, like you said, run out of things to say. And you're like, okay, I think I'm getting this. And, you know, I I really liked it because I, I think it did help me process through some of those things that have been said to me, you mm -hmm. know. Um, dig that up and go, well, how has that affected me? Like, what what was my reaction to yeah. that being said and how do i mend that and come back to a more whole space as a human being um through doing that so i i thought that was a great exercise it's a really good one that i really liked these exercises aren't like innovative or brand new or I've never heard of them before. Like I've heard of most of these things before and or encountered a lot of these different kinds of exercises, but it's, it's fun to be confronted with them every once in a while. Like mm -hmm. remember this thing you did when you were in high school, guess what? Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Week three, week three is about recovering a sense of power. This one talks about anger and it talks about, uh, more anger and it talks about shame and it talks about mm. I'm flipping their pages here criticism and inner criticism I liked this week a lot I thought this week was interesting um, I'm not inherently an angry person but when I feel anger it's usually um, like a very clear sign to myself that um, she has a quote here she's like uh, anger will always tell us when we have betrayed ourselves or when something has happened mm. that feels very counter to everything you believe and that you feel and that it's important to listen to it, not suppress it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's so she talks about that. A couple of the tasks are about anger. Um, she talks about shame. And an example, an example of that. Um, 
she says, I can't believe it. I had this idea for a play three years ago and she's gone and written it. And the actual underlying thing is this anger says, stop procrastinating. Ideas don't get opening nights. Finished plays do start writing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's taking it in a more positive direction of like, well, what can I do? So this doesn't happen again. Not, I'm just livid. Like, I can't believe this person did this. Now I'm like, it still doesn't stop you from making another play. Mm -hmm. Like, and in the future, write. Like, don't wait to write. Write. Make it so that you can get to that quickly. So that it doesn't, you know, slip out of your mind or you, you know, busy yourself with something else. If you make it available... We are creatures of the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. If you make it available to yourself with very little resistance, you generally will stick to it. We learned that in Atomic Habits. We did. <laughs> and it was very good. And it really, it's, it's, it's so important to, if you want to create something, to start now. And this week, I think, really propels those have, who have been, you know, maybe doing the right morning pages, maybe doing a couple of things, but not actually creating any artwork at all. And this one, because, like, if you don't start now, are you going to be angry at yourself for, for not starting? Are you going to feel guilty and shame for not doing it that you so clearly want to do it? Even if someone has done it better, quote unquote, or has stolen your idea, quote unquote, just, just start, just begin. And mm-hmm. by starting, the, the universe is going to support you. There's a quote in this book that I actually memorized as a teenager and it was very interesting to like just come across it here in this book I was like shocked actually um and I want to I want to read it out to you it's about commitment and about when you declare yourself how things get going for you um it's by W.H. Murray and it says until one is committed there is hesitancy the chance to draw back always ineffectiveness concerning all acts of initiative or creation there is one elementary truth, the ignorance, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never have otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising one's favor all manner of, un- of incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man would have believed would have come his way. Right? So it's saying... Mm-hmm. When you commit yourself, when you're saying, I'm going to be an artist, I'm going to create this thing, I'm going to write the book, I'm going to write the play, I'm going to make the painting, then the universe conspires to help you. Things show up for you to encourage you because you are taking action towards those steps. And you might not have seen those opportunities if you had not started just writing, just getting your art supplies from the store, just unwrapping the canvas and making a single mark. It it happens and it's synchronicity and it's 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 magic it really is magic and it feels it feels very cool once you get going (laughs) but you can't let shame and anger stop you right right and i think we look at it from the wrong direction um i think we look at it from how am i gonna get to x um when we should be looking at it from the perspective of if I made it to X, how would I behave? Mm -hmm. That's how you invite those things into your space. 
when you start behaving like that, those things find you because you are in those places where those things are at. Um, so yeah, like, I think it's, it's definitely interesting. Like, you know, she talks about different things of like a lady wanted to act, but she decided to do something else and she talked about it and she just happens to sit down with a guy who teaches beginners and acting, mm -hmm. you know, at dinner. Um, those kind of things happen. Like you start to have those conversations. It's not something that you're holding in. So you may have just said it in passing and then they end up talking to you and telling you what they do. You're like, oh, but you wouldn't have known that if you were shut down to the point where you're just not talking about it. You don't want to face it. When you open yourself up to the possibility of I could be an artist and you start thinking, oh, I could be a painter. I could have this thing that I've always wanted then you're the people you start to surround yourself with subconsciously and you know directly mm -hmm. it changes and the things you want mm -hmm. to talk about at a party that changes where you're like someone starts i don't know a conversation is like hey so what do you do that's creative and then you're like oh well i've always wanted to paint and then they're like well mm -hmm. i teach painting and you're just like holy cow here we go right and it's just like when you allow that subtle shift in your mind to you know, have the possibility of, of creating. It's very cool. So <laughs> what, what if you just started? It's scary. I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but the first time I told somebody that I was a painter, it was one of my doctors. They asked me, you know, hell, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And it just like came out of me. I'm, I'm an oil painter. And they're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> But it's so scary to say that, like mm -hmm. to put that out in the ether, you have to face yourself and go, I guess I am, you know, so I better start acting like that if that's what I am. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be that. Like you are going to get people like, oh, you know, they're not going to understand you and that's okay. They're not your people. Um, not everybody is for everybody. It's true. <laughs> it's true. There's there's something gorgeous in declaring yourself, even if you haven't painted anything ever, and you're like, I'm a painter, mm -hmm. and you've never made it a single mm -hmm. painting. That's very powerful and terrifying, mm -hmm. because then you know you tell one person, and you're like, oh, I guess I better make a painting now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's very fun. Um, <laughs> in this book, she also, or sorry, in this uh, week week three, she also talks about growth. And how growth is not a straight line, and it's not just a steady uphill road. It's a it's a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing, and that you have to be gentle with yourself when you mess up. Mm -hmm. The first day, the first time I missed an artist uh, a morning page, I felt very guilty, <laughs> and I felt guilty almost the whole day. And then I, you know, got to the next day and I did my morning pages and I wrote about feeling guilty. And I'm like, you know, we're growing here. And um, <laughs> just because you missed a single day, Stephanie, oh my gosh, stop being a perfectionist. Uh, it doesn't mean I have to be discouraged about it. And you can just pick it up next time. I, I liked this, this paragraph. Um, it's on page 75. And she says, practice being kind to yourself in small, concrete ways. Look at your refrigerator. Are you feeding yourself nicely? Do you have socks? Do you have an extra set of sheets? How's your plants doing? Uh, do you have a thermos mm -hmm. for the long drive to work? Uh, allow yourself to pitch out some old ragged clothes that don't make you feel good about yourself. 
and I underlined this because I really like this next part. You don't have to keep everything. Just full stop. If there's something in your life that you're holding on to, whether it's a physical item or it's like a million plants or it's, you know, something in your brain, you don't have to keep it all. It's okay if you don't have it. And that's, she goes more into it over the next week or so, probably even further, but I, Mm -hmm. I definitely am the kind of person who holds on to beautiful objects that I've gotten somewhere in the past thinking I'll use this someday on a special day. And I, I'm that, (laughs) I'm that person. And so during this week, I was like, okay, I'm going to use the fancy tea, like my expensive fancy tea, because if I don't, it's going to (laughs) expire. And also Mm -hmm. it doesn't have today could be the special day, you know? And I've had, I I don't know, just things like that where I'm like, I don't have to keep this art supply for a thing that I, I never do. And don't really want to do, but, you know, I thought, hey, I'm an artist. I might as well have these fancy pens or whatever. I'm like, I just paint. That's basically all I do now. And I'm like, we can we can give these to someone who actually wants them. And so I did. And that felt really refreshing. But yeah, growth. Mm. Growth is interesting. I wonder why um, when we buy things for ourselves specifically as, you know, like a splurge or an indulgence to ourselves why like you said the tea mm-hmm. you held off using that and it's like but you bought it to enjoy it why why can't you yeah allow yourself to enjoy it even if you blow through it the first day mm-hmm. you know why can't you enjoy that my um, that's what it was bought for you exactly. know my biggest hindrance is when someone will give me something beautiful, especially if it's edible. Um, one time mm. I was given some chocolates from Sweden from a friend who had visited <laughs> and they're probably the most gorgeous thing I had ever seen in my life. And I was like, Oh, I want to save these for a special day. And so I put them in the freezer and they sat there for two years mm. and they got frost burn oh, no. and I had to throw them out. And I was like, I never want to do this again. I don't like this feeling. Of course, I've done that since then. But whenever someone gives me something, I tend to like commit more some, I don't know, like, (laughs) like value to it. And I want to like preserve it and keep it special. And I'm like, can today be special? Can we eat the fancy thing today? Can we open the (laughs) bottle of Prosecco today? Like, can (laughs) I don't drink, but that's my example. Um, I, I just, yeah. Hi, Charles. (laughs) um yeah so growth is like that and when you when you grow as an artist this is also another point in the book she says you're gonna change what you like the things you the things that you like the things that you want to surround yourself with are gonna change and that you don't need to hold on to what was growing for you in your past life of not listening to your artist you can let those go you don't you don't need to hold on to them just because you might want to go back to that life because you're you're not going to want to Mm-hmm. yeah because well, yeah. you're in a completely different perspective at that point mm-hmm. um, even if you wanted to go back it just it looks different it's not it's not the same this week's task had a lot of reflection back in time so it was things like what did you like about your childhood bedroom what were five traits you liked about yourself as a kid what are some things of those that you have now? And 
I found these to be pretty tough um, to think back onto my childhood bedroom and then to think about how I outgrew that bedroom. I kept like coming back to it and it was mm. tough for me to stay in the you know, mind of my, I don't know, seven or eight year old self and not go back and or not go forward in time to my 12 year old self who had left that bedroom. Like <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Mm. And then I was like, what are five traits I liked to myself as a child? I wrote accomplishments I had done, but not like traits in myself that I liked I had to redo it a couple times because I was like Mm. I was like oh the traits I liked were that I got you know um like an example in this book was like straight A's but instead I I kept thinking like oh you know I had won a one of those trophies at the horse show that I used to show at that was pretty cool but instead of being like oh I liked how kind I was right (laughs) yeah and not like diving deep into that it was it was it was tough for my brain to do, but I really liked doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think it's it's a good one because you gotta re- you gotta remember those things about yourself because I think the people around us, the noise that's around us, drowns that out. We lose that, um, and that's fuel. Like you gotta remember that's who you are. Because mm-hmm. the world will tell you something completely different. They'll tell you you're somebody else if you allow them to. Yeah. Um, the artist date I did for week three was my favorite so far. I went to the art museum by myself. And I liked it so much that I made a podcast episode about it. Um, <laughs> I, mm. I got myself some fun nonverbal music. And I just had a great time walking around the art museum just totally alone, seeing only things I wanted to see. That was nice. Mm. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for week four? This is our final week, folks. Let's do it. Let's do it. This week, I was so offended by. (laughs) (laughs) This week. (laughs) You'll probably know what I'm talking about the minute I say it. Um, So this week is like, okay, we're working on the morning pages. We're writing things down. And now here we're going to recover a self, a sense of integrity. And mm-hmm. it's this week asked me to do something that I was so upset about at first. Um, it talks about, you know, things you have um, with like overfl- your house overflowing with ends and tidbits. Right? It continues on from the last week about holding on to things. Um, it talks about engaging with your creative self. It talks about... Um, your buried dreams. It talks about things that you wanted to do when you were younger and things, hobbies that you have now that sound like fun that you've never been able to do. But then it does the thing. And um, I took it a step further because my name is Stephanie and I do that. But uh, it tells you to have (laughs) no reading for a whole week. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to read. (laughs) And I was so offended when I read that. I was like, I can't read. I know, right? What? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Now, y'all, if you don't know me, my name is Stephanie and I read almost every day. And this, I was like, what do you mean I can't read? What, what do you mean I can't, I, I can't read all my books? Like, I feel like I'm struggling to make time to read. And so this, this, this challenge was, was tough. Mm. So I, um, after about 20 minutes of feeling like, I'm not doing this, I, I ended up doing it. <laughs> I didn't read for a whole week. <laughs> Just laying myself out here. <laughs> Um, but I also was like, okay, this, this book was written in 92 and mm-hmm. when she talks about reading, she's also talking about how, you know, we have a, a daily quota 
of media and, you know, like greasy food, it can clog up your system and, you know, your sensitivity to what you're seeing really, really matters. And she talks here, she's like, with no newspapers to shield us, a train becomes a viewing gallery. And I was like, if this was written today, she'd be talking about social media. Mm, Yeah. So I chose not to read and not be on social media for a week. Well, you have to because there's words on social media, so you just can't. Yeah. You just can't. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to be on social media. I'm not going to read. I returned all my library books. I took off my apps from my phone. Um, I excluded Instagram. I excluded YouTube, you know, Twitter, the works. I still streamed on Twitch here, but I didn't like watch people's streams. And Nomad. The anxiety I felt the first day was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> the low levels of anxiety I had all week was outstanding. I was like, I got so much done on that Monday after I had read this. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> Can I list out the things I did on Monday instead of being on social media and reading? I'm no, it's insane. I am, um, you know, I went on a walk. I took a nap. I cleaned my entire house. I worked on the podcast. I painted. I edited the podcast. I posted the podcast. I watched three hours of Netflix because I was like, that's not social media. I can do that. I played games and I like cooked dinner. Like I did so many things. To, like, And I thought about like every other <laughs> second. I was like, oh, I could open Instagram. And then I was like, no, you can't. No, no. It was bananas. And I just, I like... I felt restless at the end of the day. I felt bored the second yeah. day where I was just like, what do I do? What right. do I do? So before she tells you about the reading deprivation challenge, she asks you to list out your hobbies and list out a bunch of different things. And these are the things you're supposed to do instead of the attention grabbers. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up, um, you know, taking care of some things on my list that have been on my list for ages. I like did my finances and like checked those out and made myself an updated plan for the next couple of months. And I did all sorts of things. I did more painting than I had the week before. I did a lot of phone calls. (laughs) I called a lot of people (laughs) that I hadn't spoken to in quite some time. It was, it was a lot. Did you do a reading deprivation? Um, I did not. Good. Only me suffering. Okay. But inadvertently, <laughs> um, because of some stuff that I've got going on, mm-hmm. I've, I like for the last probably two or three weeks have really pulled back from social media, um, as much as I can. Cause it just was too much for me at that point. Um, and I completely understand what you're saying. It's like, how am I going to fill my time? Like, what am I going to do? You know? being feels unfair but then you're like no i'm happy like i feel better like my anxiety level is so much less than what it would be normally mm-hmm. like, i don't think we understand how much social media just churns us up and gets us going um sustained levels of dopamine like that are not good for you like, that's why we're addicted to scrolling. It's scary. It's an actual addiction. Like, I didn't, I, like, I mm-hmm. understood the concept of that before this, but now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm actually yeah. addicted to social media. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I allowed myself, because I, I wanted to see what the change would be like 
before we recorded this mm-hmm. episode. So yesterday I allowed myself to go back onto social media and to read. Mm-hmm. And I spent so long online yesterday that this morning I woke up mm-hmm. and my eyes were hurting. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, it, it feels bad to be addicted to social media. It feels bad to be thinking about checking these platforms all the time when you're on a mm-hmm. like, very distinctive, I'm not doing this break. And I don't want to live my adult life like this. I don't want to be so right hooked to my cell phone and, you know, the internet that I, I can't function without it, that I am so anxious without it. I don't like that. I don't want to be like that. And I think I use social media an average amount for someone who runs her own business. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I was had yeah. a pretty healthy habit before. And now I'm looking sure. at it and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call myself out even yeah. more. Are you ready? <laughs> right. Before, two weeks ago, I was like, I'm spending a lot of time on TikTok. I'm going to set myself a little like timer on on the app, which you can do. You can set a 20-minute timer and then a one-hour reminder if you've been on. And that first week, I you know, would see the 20 minutes and I was like, oh, okay, I've been on 20 minutes. That's okay. I can keep watching. And then an hour would go by and you have to like type in a little passcode to keep watching. And I would type in the passcode and then, um, you know, a second hour would go by and it was like, you've been on for another hour. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like this and I'm not getting any new information that's actually helpful to my life here. Um, one consequence right. is I, I now know I don't really want to be on TikTok anymore. I don't find it handy. Mm. I find it entertaining, but not handy. And I don't need right. Twitter at all. And I, I hear that's like imploding or something. I'm yep. not really sure, but whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I do love Instagram still. That's It's also a way yeah. I sell art. So there's that also dopamine okay. bonus here. But sure. Yeah, those, those I love, apparently. Um, and I also realize that I have no concept of what's going on in the world without these things. Like I have no other news source. And that was that like on day three, I was like, my mom was telling me about something when we were gardening and she was like, Oh yes, this and this happened. Did you hear about it? And I was like, Oh no, I didn't. And so now I'm like, where am I going to get my news? Because my sources before I'm sure were extremely biased. And also Mm. I don't like that social media is my only news source. That's that seems yeah. not right. So yes. I'm gonna think about that for some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um as far as like Instagram and that kind of thing, uh I know I find myself like involuntarily opening up the app. Mm-hmm. And I've buried it. I've buried it three swipes deep wow in my phone so that i it's not in front of my face yeah but but that swiping it. action is is literally like a pavlovian response in mm-hmm. me right now um it's scary it's scary when you catch yourself and you know you can't stop it mm-hmm. and that when you try to wean yourself off of it you're like oh now i know now i know what drug addicts feel like yeah withdrawal is real you know um you do you get restless uh and it's oh yeah the the (laughs) week-long anxiety i was like talking to luke and i was like why am i so antsy 
He's like, you haven't mm. been on social media. You haven't been. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh man, yeah, this is this is why this is so bizarre. Um, so I was thinking back to our Atomic Habits book that we read, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to. I need I need to change my habits because my reintroduction to social media needs to be better, right? I don't want to continue mm-hmm. this way. It's not serving me, right? Um, so I've decided that on. On most days, I, I want to get this down to an hour, but for now, I'm like, I can look at social media before noon, and that includes all my mm-hmm. work that I have to do. So if I'm making a reel or whatever, mm-hmm. like, that's included. But eventually, I want to be at, like, from 10 to 11, you get to be on Instagram, and if it's outside of those hours, you don't get to be on it. And mm. I have really great self-discipline that I think I can keep this going, but we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. Do you have hours yeah, in the day where you're on social media more than not? Yeah, so I I tied my social media use to like my breakfast routine, mm. which is also part of making my to-do list. So while I'm making my to-do list, I'm watching my YouTube videos. Yeah. So it's that uh, reward system that I'm looking for. So, you know, I'm like you from like 10 to 11 mm-hmm. or so I'm on, you know, YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And then I have to get ready for the day, you know, yeah. I'm setting up the studio I'm you know, doing laundry, whatever I need to do, uh, because I won't be out of the studio until after six and then it's dinner time and then it's eight o'clock, you know, yes. by the time things slow down. So um, and then I'm usually back on, I, I'm horrible about YouTube at night. It keeps me up for extra hours. Does it? Um, last night was one of those things. I started a video and I was like, oh, I can't start this. This is like, this is a two hour video. I'm like, I'll only watch half of it. <laughs> and then I look and it's got 19 minutes left. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, no. <laughs> So, yeah, you you catch yourself in those moments and you're just like, Mm -hmm. what is this doing to me? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I I realized in the midst of this week that most of my social media usage for pleasure, not for work, Mm -hmm. happens in the afternoons after I'm done painting. I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be around six or seven. I'll go and I'll sit on the couch and I'm just like, I just want to turn my brain off. And then I will spend probably two hours going through it on there yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i've decided that i'm not gonna let myself use social media if i'm in bed right instead that can be time i read and i i do Mm. want to read more in life like i read almost every day but i want i want it to be more time than you know 10 minutes here maybe an hour there so i'm gonna try that out we'll see if it works i'll give you all an update next time but (laughs) we'll see Sweetie, you need to be better on your phone. You you could do something like, uh, I've seen the, it's like a cookie jar that's got a timer on it. Yeah. And it seals itself shut and it doesn't unlock for whatever amount of time you've put it on there. Like, even if you want to, you can't get into it. It's like Mm -hmm. indestructible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another good way to keep you from doing it because it is, it's that impulsive need to get on that you've Mm -hmm. got to break 
Because it's yes. a neural pathway that you've built. You've got you've to change that pathway for something different. Which gotta. hurts. It's a physical thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> We're making changes, know, right? folks. I um, know, right? Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts about this book so far? Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's a little preachy. Mm. So I have I have a hard time with it sometimes, um, because I think it's kind of thrown in there superfluously when you read it. It's like you could have said all of this without that part of it, and it would have been perfectly fine and made the same point. But you want to push something, and that's, I mean, that's their prerogative. But, um, yeah, I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. But it is a little frustrating on it. That's fair. I don't find it frustrating, but I do find that sometimes I'm not the ideal audience for this book, um, usually when it comes to mm-hmm. spirituality, but that is, it's fine. I've been like overcoming it. Mm-hmm. So far, I'm feeling like this is a four out of five book, but we will see mm. when I finish it. Um, yeah. I do feel like I'm gaining a lot from the tasks. Like after I've read things and I like, I'm like, okay, now we're just back to, you know, just Stephanie's world where she's doing her morning pages. She's going on the artist (laughs) date. And then I like, I like open the book and I pick a task real quick. Once I'm like there, I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is where my own creativity, my own like sort of, I guess, pathway is like turning up. So Mm -hmm. that's how I feel about those. Uh, Yeah. Next time. uh, Do you need anything else you want to add? (laughs) No, I think that's it. Yeah. It's covered it pretty well. Wow. I think this might be the longest book club episode yet. Amazing. Um, <laughs> next time, we are going to continue to read The Artist's Way. We're going to read chapters mm-hmm. five through nine or whatever we get to. Um, and we'll talk again about the tasks and how we felt about it. I'll do less introduction of the book and we'll go more into the nitty gritties. Mm. Um, I'm going to continue to go on my artist dates and doing my morning pages and it's mm-hmm. i find it's fun to snap a picture of my blank morning pages and post it to instagram because then i actually write it <laughs> but um <laughs> and i i have a, a fun date with a friend coming up where i'm like let's go shopping for stickers so i can put them in my morning pages <laughs> <laughs> because i find them to be really fun and cute <laughs> um <laughs> and um yeah and that's that's that. You can find me. My name's Stephanie. You can find me at stephaniescott.art over on the gram. Um, I'm Cheer Steph here on Twitch. And you can find Nomad at Visual Nomad here on Twitch. She streams a couple days a week. And your Visual Nomad underscore on Instagram. Is that right? Double underscore. Double underscore. Two underscores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will have mm-hmm. I will have Nomad's uh, information linked in the description. But y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, it's good. It's been fun. I will see you later and uh, make good choices, everyone. Peace out. Bye.